0: Your inside pass to everything saints football we'll take you to the places most fans never go to practice to the sideline to the locker room following every twist I keep the ball. turn Picks and touchdown is over. of the 2022 season Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. <laughs> oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold, a Week 5 winning edition. So happy to be reporting on the free game losing skid snapped. I'm Steve Geller, along with my buddy Jeff Nowak, who is still sitting in the Superdome.
1: Yes, yes, I am sitting in this very, very gigantic and quiet building. They were bumping some Britney Spears in Sync. Uh, for about an hour after the game, that was kind of a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, it was. I I was bopping to it. I was having a good time. They played, hit me one more time, and I was like, "Yeah, that's it." Um, but you're listening to Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. No, I mean. This was a wild game. Uh, like there's so much to talk about from this game. We're going to get into a lot of. We're going to get into Taysom Hill, we're going to get in Alvin Kamara, who might have had the quietest 200-yard rushing perfor- not 200-yard performance of all time. I mean, I looked down, I like I was like, "Oh, he's had, he has he must have a lot of yards today." And I looked at the box score and I was like, "Oh, he has 184 uh total yards." And then he ran for another 10 yards and it was 194 like What? (laughs) When did that happen? Um, But there was so many yards in this game. There was just so much yardage, so many possessions, so many just bad plays by both teams, right? The Saints, while they played slightly better, slightly cleaner, I still think they played very, very, very uh, haphazardly. Like it was not disciplined, but the Seahawks... Actually managed to be worse in that regard, and that's why they lost today. And the Saints won. It was like it's for the second time this season. It was like a competition to see who wanted to lose the most. And this and the Seahawks won. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna get to that. But you know, first we we got to talk about Taysom Hill, right? Like, felt like Taysom Hill was was gonna win this game single handedly. It was just a matter of whether the defense let him or not. Like that's how it felt.
0: Yeah, he definitely you want to say, put the team on his back today, whatever the case, but, you know, just getting it done on the ground. Uh Finally, we got to see him throw a pass. We were just complaining about, you know, the fact that they've been setting up I wasn't complaining. Uh, I, I was definitely. I was like, we need to see you throw a pass already. And what do you know? It was a touchdown. Uh Tight end to tight end. And uh, we saw Taysom Hill throwing to Adam Troutman. But, yeah, just a really dominant performance. I expected that. On the ground, honestly, from Alvin Kamara, who still had a great day, minus, so, you know, another turnover for this team gets added on to their, you know, season total. But overall, just that kind of wild performance you needed from somebody on this squad to take control and really uh, run away with a victory.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about efficiency. Here's Taysom Hill's numbers nine carries, 112 yards, <laughs> three touchdowns, one pass for 22 yards, and another touchdown. When you can when you can have ten touches for a hundred and thirty-four yards and four touchdowns, you're having a pretty solid day. And that's you know, that's that's just like oh, the luxury and, of Taysom Hill, right? And when Hardy went
0: down, he had to do kick returns.
1: Yeah, and he recovered. Well, okay, so this was some a point of confusion during the game, and I think they have cleared it up, which that was not a fumble by the punter. And they called it right on the field, and then they adjusted it and said that the punter for the Seahawks when he did that weird rugby style rollout awkward. Yeah, it was just weird. And I think like he just got nervous and didn't know what to do, but he went down with the ball like he got tackled with the ball and but it was a turnover on downs regardless. So like Taysom Hill didn't actually get a fumble recovery. It's only it's only a factor because like we're going to talk about all the things he did today (laughs) and he didn't actually recover a fumble or he didn't cover a Seahawks fumble, but he did recover his own fumble. So technically still has a fumble recovery. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, pretty much the only thing he didn't do today was catch a pass. <laughs> Which, when we went into the season, everyone was like, "Te one, Te T-1, one, Tays T-1, was going to be the top tight end on the Saints." He's, he doesn't catch passes; he runs. He's the running quarterback, and
0: I love it. That's- Unstoppable, you know. QB powers coming, like we've talked about too, and they just they can't stop it.
1: Yeah. And when I told people to draft Taysom Hill in fantasy, it was not based on his pass catching. It was <laughs> going to be based on his ability to vulture touchdowns. And that's exactly what he did today. And it's what he's done all season He has six touchdowns. We talked before the season and I said it is not impossible for Taysom Hill to have double digit touchdowns this season. And I think when I said that, people looked at me like I had three heads. But like, this is the type of game that I was thinking about when I said that. Like, he racks them up. He could have double digit touchdowns on bye week. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely insane. Not a bye week for sure.
0: to, at this rate, he'll have double digit touchdowns by week seven. <laughs> Let's keep the, the Taysom train going for sure, because whatever it was, this offense definitely needed that shot in the arm. And there's a lot of talk now, maybe. This squad's finally finding their identity. And Adam Troutman even mentioned in the locker room after the game, he's like, the identity of this offense is running the football. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's happened the last two games, really. Uh, and we've been we've been clicking. I mean, first drive of the first three games were all pretty solid. I know the third one, we ended in a turnover. But, um, yeah, we're finding our identity. And, uh, I mean, it's to run the ball right now. Uh, and then opens up play action. I know that's a super efficient uh, pass for us. So, um, yeah, we're performing our identity for sure.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, you had three, about
0: 300 yards of rushing today,
1: all said. Let's
0: see. I'll 48 right. carries. I had to rub my eyes on that one. I was like, wait a minute. The Saints ran the ball 48 times?
1: 115. Mark Ingram had 16 yards on nine carries. Andy Dalton had four yards on seven carries. So, all said, 235 rushing yards. Uh, you know, and this is a team that wasn't able to run the ball earlier in the season and you didn't have Alvin Kamara. And while Alvin, you know, the fumble was frustrating and it came at a very inopportune time and it was just another example of every time something is going well, something bad happens and then you double down. Right. 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 And not only does Alvin fumble and cost you a, a, a sure chance at a field goal, you allow a touchdown, not just a field goal, a touchdown. On on the comeback drive by the Seahawks, and you know part of that is you don't have Marcus May, you have Justin Evans and Pete, JP JT Gray playing these way bigger roles than you expected them to, and they got burned twice by Tyler Lockett over the top. Great throws by Geno Smith, but like this you see this week after week after week, and it's not gone right. There were there were several moments where you were like, okay, bad penalty, you get burned on the defensive end. Yeah, right. There was that Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, defensive pass interference and immediately you have the Tyler Lockett touchdown, right? that This happened several times that uh, Jawan Johnson false start, which I disagree with, you know, was immediately followed by <laughs> that 66 yard, Ken- I'm sorry, 69 yard Kenneth Walker uh, touchdown run, which should never happen. It yeah. should never happen. And so like, you know, the Saints played well today, I think on the offensive side of the ball, they did not play well in coverage at all outside of Marshawn Lattimore, who did go down with an injury late in the game. But I think he locked down DK Metcalf about as well as you can. And uh, it's just always fun to watch him in those matchups. But, you know, I, I want to be encouraged. And, you know, I think the ability to just, whenever you're in third and short, to have the, you know, it's a free money. I mean, how how confident must you be in third and two, third and one, to just send Lewis Kidd and Landon Young out there as, Pass eligible linemen. You had two pass eligible linemen, so it's like a mega jumbo. And it's like you you said this last week. It's like oh, they know you're going to run. It's like great, stop it. And yeah. they have it. And I actually asked him about that. And uh, this is what this is what he. And obviously he did for that pass today. But you know when you brought Lewis and Landon out there, you mega jumbo. You know it's pretty clear what you're trying to do. And what is it? How much confidence do they give you as an offense when you can kind of project? It's like we're
0: going at you, and you can still. Yeah, a lot of confidence. You know, we kind of, we talk about it. We carry plays like that every week. And um, you know, we, we
1: say, man, we're gonna, we're gonna stay the course until somebody shows us that, that we can stop it. And um, you know, again, those guys come in and, and they've done such a great job up front to, to spring me for a lot of, a lot of runs, a lot of touchdowns. And um, it, it's obviously challenging to stop with, with
0: some of this QB run stuff.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he said it right there. It's like, until you prove you can stop it, we're going to keep doing it. And they just kept doing it. They were 8-for-14 on third down today. The Seahawks were 1-for-9. That is the difference in this game. That is why the Saints won and the Seahawks lost. Because every time the Saints were able to get in manageable down and distance on third down, which they did a very good job today. That was, if you want to look at one thing where the Saints won this game, it was third down, third down efficiency. And it was staying ahead of the chains. A, most, a majority of those third downs were third and five or shorter. I think two of their failures on third down were third and five. So even those are reasonable, right? You weren't looking at third and 18, third and 25, third and seven even. You know, that, and that, that is a big difference when you're talking about you know the Seahawks were only able to extend one drive that they saw a third down in. Think about that. In a game where they scored 32 points. You know, they didn't have extended drives. You know, and I think that's part of the reason the Saints were able to assert themselves later in the game, right? Alvin Kamara is able yep. to run the ball suddenly, you know, because they left their defense on the field the whole game. It's what the Saints have been doing to their defense all day. And in this game, you know, they were the ones that were able to close it out on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, there was so many positive things to take away from the running game. Not as many in the passing game, but Andy Dalton did his job. He did it as well as you could have hoped. Yeah, you know, that one rough interception that, you know, the defense made sure didn't hurt. But you know when when it's rolling that well on the running game, you know you can live with some so-so passing. When you're talking about a team that did not have Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Deontay Hardy went out, uh, Chris Olave caught a touchdown and then he went out with a concussion. You needed to win this game and you did. That's that's all I can say.
0: Yeah, and obviously you, you talked about Olave there going down with the concussion just a huge concern now for this wide receiving group obviously Jarvis Landry couldn't go today still with that ankle issue so your your top 3 guys are all banged up in some shape or form right now and are a, a question heading into next week you would hope that you know Landry seemed like he was close going into this game so hopefully some more added rest for him he'll be he'll be able to come back with the Lave you got to hope the concussion is nothing serious maybe he is able to clear protocol and get back onto the field i know uh leaving the game seemed very in high spirits if you would say still high-fiving a fan on the way out i know Dennis Allen mentioned it as well that he seemed uh in good spirits in the locker room very happy the team got the win and then the other guy Michael Thomas man i, I don't know what to make of his latest with the toe injury you know you hear that he might be able to return soon and Obviously, the the healthier this team can be, we see what they're able to do as a banged-up squad in these games. A fully healthy Saints team, especially on this offense, is just so lethal and dangerous. I think, uh, obviously, looking forward to seeing that on the field, including the return of Jameis Winston as, all, as well. Just because, while Andy Dalton, I feel, did a decent job managing this game, uh, Jameis Winston does bring that bigger arm, bigger threat to your team. But obviously, you can also have that bigger chance, I guess you would say, of turno- turning the ball over because he's more of a uh, a riskier passer, if you would say. I suppose. I, I don't know. I, I do. Th-
1: well, so before the game, Adam Schefter tweeted that Mike Thomas is, you know, they're hopeful that he can be out there next week. So, you know, that's a positive. You were facing the Bengals. You were going to have to keep pace. Yeah. Um, you don't know where Jameis is in his in his rehab process, but you know, it, it is strange. He was able to play two weeks, and then suddenly, you know, you're not able to get him out there. And I'm not sure what to make of that. Offense has looked solid. I think it's improving, but I don't know what the ceiling is for this team. You do you will need to be better passing the ball to get where you need to go. You know whether that's Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, I don't know. This is a positive thing that you're able to get on off the losing skid, one way or another. Hey, Amen. Um, as you look at next week and you figure it out, if Jameis is healthy, I think he's going to be the guy. But the question is, what level of health does Jameis need to be at before you feel comfortable putting him out there? Because based on what we've seen, I am not comfortable putting him out there at sixty percent, seventy percent. You know, he would have to be very close. To a hundred percent to go out there, in my opinion, knowing that you feel comfortable putting Andy out there, right? Like it's not a concern to put Andy Dalton in these games. It is a concern to send a guy out there with a broken back. <laughs> and uh, the the thing with Chris Olave, you know, if this had come in Week One, before you know this national reckoning on on head injuries again, True right? That, right. And they kind of have revamped their concussion protocols. If you watch that replay, Chris Olave was unconscious like you can see that he went out after he caught that ball like the way he got tackled he, vicious slam yeah yeah well it, it wasn't just that he went down on his head it went down like straight on his head like straight down it was like a jackhammer and you could just see like like lights out um and he laid there for a while i was worried it was weird because no one was really reacting uh <laughs> immediately it was like almost like cuz I, I, at first i thought maybe he went down and was just like mad that he dropped the ball because he did because the ball did squirt out. And I thought maybe he was just laying there like angry at himself, but then he never didn't get up. And, you know, eventually he did kind of get up on his own, but you know, in, in those instances, usually I think because it's not in the end zone, it's like in the middle of the field, you know, there would have been like a much heftier reaction. Everyone would be running out there. Everyone's kind of looking and walking around. And then he was able to get off the field
0: on his own power, right? He wasn't, stretchered off which is a good thing um but when he did get up too he wasn't seem like the legs were wobbly you know he was he didn't seem shaky walking off at all yeah yeah but you know i think
1: this league right now they have they have a black eye and anytime the league gets a black eye on something they're gonna overreact they're gonna overcorrect and i think it's gonna be real hard for him to clear the protocol with what you saw but but who knows you know I don't know what his history with head injuries is. You know, the first time you get a concussion, it's usually easier to get over it and it gets worse and worse. So, you know, we'll see. But it was a nice thing that they at least gave him the touchdown because that should have been a touchdown and they they ruled it a touchdown. But it reminded me if you remember that Saints Bears game in the Superdome, Zach Miller, I think it was 2016, maybe 2017, Zach Miller, the tight end, caught a ball in the end zone. And like his knee like yes. snapped. Like he had to go to the hospital. Like he almost lost his leg. And it's like it was like tragic because it was like a career ending injury. And they called it a touchdown. And then they took it away on review. And it was like, This guy just died. <laughs> you just give him the touchdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. oh man. He just shredded his knee. And the worst part and, and it was the same thing for this one was like because it was under review they had to keep showing this replay in the stadium and like this one wasn't as bad obviously but I remember that one vividly and it was like guys can cut this cut this only the refs need to see this 20 times you don't need to keep replaying this gruesome injury and in this case it was you know you could just see him kind of go go lights out but you know you hope for him for his sake that it's a it looked a lot worse than it was because this is a kid who is the odds on favor to be rookie of the year, right? The only thing that will slow him down at this point, it seems like is a significant injury that forces him to miss time. So hopefully, hopefully that's not what we have. And hopefully the saints can build on this win because I think at a certain level, losing is contagious and losing is habitual. For sure. And once you get comfortable losing, once you get used to losing, it becomes a lot easier to lose and lose and lose and lose. Right. One of the things that's made this team great is they don't fall into these long-term losing skids. Like they lose a game, they find a way to bounce back. They lose two games, they find a way to fix their issues and bounce back. Hopefully that's what this team is able to do this year.
0: Yeah. And like you mentioned, gotta get now onto this winning streak. You have a tough matchup, obviously, next week coming up with Joe Burrow and the Bengals coming into town. And that offense, you know, is has the ability to put up points and fast. With the amount of uh talent they have on that side of the ball. And the big concern for me is obviously Olave's injury, but uh also with Marshawn Lattimore.
1: All right, let's cut it off there. You're listening to Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. To Stick be- around. We're gonna get into more of what happened with Marshawn Lattimore with that injury late in the game. You know what Steve saw down on the sideline, and we're going to get into more of, you know, what we saw from Alvin Kamara today because I think that that his performance was huge, uh, even if he didn't get to the end zone. So stick around.